This is the Suburb Boys Fantasy Sports Podcast with your co-hosts, Cole Campbell and Jack Scales. Welcome back to Suburb Boys Fantasy Sports. Uh, boys are back. It's been a hot minute, spring break. Uh, life got a little chaotic for me and the boy, but uh, oh, yeah. we're back at it. What's uh, We're going to talk to the new schedule a little bit. Uh, we'll be recording Fridays, so that just so that we timestamp some things. Uh, that, that episode will come out Monday of that next week. Yep. So we will have this out Monday. And then I'll be doing a solo kind of dynasty football, fantasy football centric episode uh, that'll come out on Wednesday. So just uh, just some programming notes to keep in mind moving forward. Uh, we're gonna stick to those. Uh, that is the plan, at least. You know, best laid plans though. Uh, today we are going to depart from fantasy sports. This is the off season, and there's not a lot of interesting stuff that happens really till the draft. No. So we're buying time, and uh, we're going to talk about our other love of college basketball because everybody and their mom is. Absolutely. Uh, let's just talk. Let's go first round and just talk about games that we thought were interesting, kind of those first two rounds, and then we'll, we'll touch on the Sweet 16 after. Yeah. Um, first two rounds were intriguing. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a great tournament, I, I think. I think that... A lot of the upsets we all kind of felt coming. Like, yeah. Furman was a very, I don't want to say predictable, but most time history repeats itself. And for Virginia, they're always on the wrong end of history. Yeah. I uh, I was living and dying by Purdue's the worst one seed in the history of one seeds in the I, entire tournament. I was on that same chain. And I had them losing to Memphis, which kind of sucks because Memphis got screwed out of a game because a ref couldn't see that a player's calling a timeout. And I had uh, I had them also losing to Memphis. I had Memphis going to the Final Four. And so that kind of sucked for me because I was like, damn, I really got Memphis beating Purdue, but it ends up being FDU, which is technically a 17 seed because they didn't win their conference championship. No. What's crazier, I, I think that that's probably the biggest game to talk about. I, I, to me, that's head and shoulders the greatest upset in college basketball. I oh mean, pro- yeah! Effective height they're, they're they're six foot three, which is like <laughs> my height, and then on top of it, they didn't win their conference tournament, so they didn't even deserve to be there. Mm-mm. And then their top five scorers are all Division two transfers. Yeah, like that team doesn't make sense. Just it, the, it just, I mean, I yeah. think that it's just the will, the yeah. wanting to play. Yeah, uh, they made yeah. Zach Eady look confused. Well, Zach Eady's the. He's the Carl Anthony Towns of NCAA basketball. He's going to really enjoy Shanghai next year. Yeah, he's not playing. I mean, I don't know. He's he's trash. I'm no. sorry. He's trash. He's one-dimensional. Yeah. I can't stand him. I've, I will die on this. I can't stand Purdue. Yeah. Horrible program. Can't win at all. <laughs> well, people say when you go to Mackey Arena, the saddest sight in the entire world is seeing all the Big Ten championship banners on the left-hand side. Yeah, and then the the 1938 national championship that was awarded in 1950 <laughs> by like a car dealership. <laughs> You're like, all right, yeah, <laughs> that's they, what we like to see. Yeah, FDU just they're shocking. They also had a shot with FAU, but you know sometimes things go sideways. Um, 
Who's been the most impressive to you? Like, what team has stood out the most that – I mean, obviously Alabama's looked really good. No, I think it's Kansas State. UConn has looked really good. Kansas uh, State well, UConn me. was my – I think UConn should have been a one seed, personally. I that's just me. They, UConn's winning my bracket, so um, that's that. I think that UConn's the best team in the country other yeah. than Bama. I, I was torn between Bama and UConn. Yeah, I uh, I had similar feelings, but I really like that Texas team too. Yeah, I, mean, I like Texas, Texas but I think that honestly the most impressive team. If you would have asked me last night, I would have said it's going to come down to whoever wins Kansas State Michigan State game. Yep, because I feel like K State is just on an absolute heater. Um, that five eight point guard drops he, like twenty assists. He had nineteen. He said that. Like, crazy numbers i mean he's good like yeah i mean i've been i watch a lot of big 12 basketball because it's like the nba just better yeah Yeah. like (laughs) it's like (laughs) no prima donnas and no like it's like nba level yeah it's it's like nba level basketball yeah sometimes i mean i just think it's probably the best conference in the country i would definitely this season it's been the best so i like to watch big 12 basketball and it gets fairly physical there and most of the games, like Kansas State, was p- literally preseason picked to be the worst team in the Big Twelve. Yeah, absolutely. And now look at them; they're they're three seed. They're three seed. They're probably going to go to the Final Four. They're giving me UConn vibes with Kemba Walker. Yeah, cardiac Kemba. Cardiac Kemba, because Noel he he screams. Yeah, he screams. Just Kemba Walker, the way he's playing, the way he's performing. Yeah, I like them. I like them a lot. Um, In terms of Connecticut's, I kind of hate them though because I really wanted Michigan State to win. I just like Tom Izzo. I I like seeing him angry. It's so funny. I smelt that one from a mile away. Of you know, they they upset a. I don't know. I thought that they were an overvalued Marquette team. Like I thought Marquette was very good. I thought Marquette was arguably the worst Big East team that they that could have been a two seed. I didn't think they were a two seed. I think Xavier's better than than them. I think UConn's better than them. Yep. I think Creighton's better than them. I wouldn't go that far, but but Creighton is literally statistically one of the best teams in the country. I agree. I think Creighton was undervalued, but I I just thought Xavier and and UConn were better teams, and everybody spent a week just on their knees for Tom Izzo about how great and he pushes these teams so hard. And I was like, ah, this really feels like one of those games that he just gets caught. I didn't think that it was uh, a game that they were necessarily getting caught in. I just think that it came down to guard play. Yeah, and, and that's what March is, is guard play. Yeah, and that's why I don't, I don't know. I also think that K-State's a little more battle-tested than the Michigan State team. But um, to that note, yeah, that's basically, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know. Arizona's also a big shot. Yeah. Shocker. Shout out Princeton. Yeah, shout out the, the nerds, man. They're, Princeton's they're got some shooters. Some shooters. Some yeah. shooters. Them boys don't miss from Trey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty wild stuff. And, you know, we'll relate this. I can, you know, here's a bridge to fantasy. Here we go. Shout out the rookie from... Uh, the Colts, Alec Pierce, because his little brother, yeah, is on the Princeton team. Hey, there we go. Stay on brand. Yep, I like that. So, so there's the fantasy relation for this podcast. We got Caden Pierce there from Princeton. 
Uh, so yeah, I've kind of been rooting for them because he went to Glumbard West. So yeah, shout out. That's where my dad went to high school. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll cheer for them just because they got him. But the old Hilltoppers. Yeah, yeah. What's What's really impressive about Princeton is they lost their to, their two leading scores in the transfer portal to Colorado and somewhere else that didn't make the tournament. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, they were going to to push a team over the edge, and Princeton doesn't. Now they're looking really good. Princeton looks like they could pull an offset upset. One of the consist- off tonight. Ugh, oh, I, I don't think so. I think that I I was going to ask you this question next, and I I think uh, I think we'll keep it going. Is there an upset you see in the wings? Is there something you see like we we were talking off air before this? You I like think, Miami tonight? I like Miami. I don't like I don't like Miami for the right reasons. I just like Miami because I I here's the thing. Miami made a a very I don't know, marketable TikTok on their basketball account that said, like, yeah. don't pick don't us. Don't pick us, yeah. And I loved it. if you do that, like, you have to win. Yeah, 100%. Like, you have to be full on board. We're winning everything. Yeah. And so don't pick them. Like, just literally don't pick them, and they're going to win. Yeah. So That's I'm, the way they were last year, too. Yeah. I, here's the thing with Miami. They're a streaky team. I watch yeah. a lot of ACC basketball. Just because I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm a huge UNC guy most uh, most years. Mm-hmm. Just because when I was younger, I loved UNC. I'm also I like Armando Baycott, so he's a dog. Yeah, yeah. so he's returning. Um, I saw that. But so I watch a lot of ACC basketball, and Miami always has scrappy guards, mm-hmm. but their big men play is usually fairly weak. Yeah. So, but this year they're really lengthy, really quick. I, that's why I like them. I think they're probably the best matchup, the most Houston look alike team yeah. for Houston. What's funny is when I watch this Miami team throughout the year, they definitely struck me similar to, and, and I don't want to get punched in the face, but the Florida State teams we've seen over the last like yeah. five, ten years where they're super long, super defensive. They don't yeah. they play a lot of positionless basketball, a lot of guys that are all they, six nine on the floor. Yeah, they're they're a big team, which helps them, but they also mesh really well together the way that yeah. they play. Um I like yeah, I like Isaiah Wong. Yeah. I love oh, him. Yeah, 100%. I like uh I forgot their big man's name. Like Norchad O'Meara or something yeah. like that. Dude's a dog. Yeah. Um, they. I like their backcourt. I like Houston's backcourt. But here's the thing with Houston, and Bach and I and Mason and I were all talking about this. Is that Houston literally dicks around? You know, yeah. like the the fuck around find out graph that yeah, 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 that's yeah. like a meme. Yeah, Houston plays that game. Houston literally plays that game. Like they let teams hang into the game. Yeah. Too long. Like so long where it's going to catch up to them. Like, if you let a bad team hang in a game for too long, yeah, that's like Purdue and FDU. Like, FDU felt that they had a chance yeah, when they're hanging around. And when they look at the scoreboard and it's 12 minutes to go in the game and they're within five points, like, of course you feel like you got a shot at winning. When you let yeah. bad or teams that are below you hang around for too long, you're – you're destined to lose. Like, you just can't do that. Like, that happens in the NFL all the time. Yeah. I, I think it stood out it to me. in the NBA. A lot of people talk that Houston's been very impressive to them. I, I, I actually have the other take. I don't, yeah. They, that was a really bad Auburn team that they were down 10 to at half. 
a really, really bad Auburn team. Yeah, I liked Auburn coming in just because I think they are going to whip the dog shit out of Iowa. And they did. Yeah, but, uh, but that's, that's, that's a Fran McCaffrey issue. Yeah. So and Auburn's not the Auburn's not the greatest team. The thing was is that Houston was getting torched by one player from Northern Kentucky. Yeah. So I, I didn't think they were impressive against Northern Kentucky either. No, like, they let Northern Kentucky hang around damn near until the final seven minutes of the game. Hundred percent. Like they they've really felt like they're sleepwalking, and then mm-hmm. Slicer is. Claims he's healthy. I don't buy it. I don't see it. Here's the. I don't see the pop. The uh, thing with Miami that that makes me kind of like them tonight is that they beat the brakes off of uh, Cat 2.0. Yeah. There's like two versions of Cat in the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, please. And Trace Jackson Davis is one of them. He's just so yeah. bitch made. I'm sorry. Like. <laughs> Nothing against you, dude, but when I watch you play, you remind me of Cat. Like, you're just so soft, whiny. I can't stand that type of basketball. Like, put your head down, get a bucket like Mr. Powell does. Yeah. Like, dude is 5'8", and he will take it at anybody to the body. Doesn't matter if it's Kyle Filipowski, who's 7 foot. Like, mm-hmm. th- like, I'm sorry, and Miami absolutely shut that man down. I wouldn't say shut him down, but they made... Indiana one-dimensional. They definitely made Trace Trace Jackson Davis not look like an All-American. No, and which is a well, skill and, in and of itself. And I think, like Indiana, uh, what's that that guard they have? Uh, Hood Shafino. Yeah. Like even he, like he didn't. I mean, he went for nineteen, but like he didn't have a great game. Yeah. Like you, you, if you shoot eight for twenty-two, it's not great. You're not having a good game. I mean. Sure, we'll take it because you shot three of 11 from three, but you also yacked up 11 threes. That's eight wastes of possessions. Yeah. Like, if you, and I'm sure. Might as well be a turnover at that point. Yeah. If you're, I can't stand when you take, when people take bad threes. They might have been good threes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Kansas, them. Kansas State made me almost want to jump through a hole. Oh, my gosh. Talk about terrible threes. threes. Shouldn't have gone over to uh, Not only that, one uh, midget man made his. Noel. Circus shot. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Circus shot. And I mean, dude didn't even know. First off, he could have easily set his feet if he would have got a little under control. For sure. He basically somersaults into a shot and just kind of throws it up and it goes in. Bang. So it was crazy. Yeah. That was, that's just March Madness type stuff. That's like a guardian angel grabbing the ball and putting it in the rim. Like, that's just ridiculous. It's just the way, you know, any given day. The, the game that stands out to me, I, I like Alabama to beat the Tex. Um, That's a scary game. It is a scary game. SDSU, I like Alabama. I think they're the best team in the country. I do too. They're the, the team that time, I've been like. SDSU is very. This is a hairy game for them. It is very um, defensive oriented. Yes. And I don't feel like Alabama is ready for a pressing defense like that. I mean. I, I'm not saying like if they played West Virginia instead mm-hmm. of Maryland, I would have been like, okay, Alabama's battle tested. They're ready for this game. Yeah, but they are absolutely not ready for this game. I I don't know. I I like Alabama here. The, I like the, Alabama. The but. game that scares me is the next one is, is Creighton. I think Creighton Prince, Alabama. I'm, I'm, if no. if I was if I, I think it's gonna be Alabama Princeton. Let's go Cinderella's <laughs> baby. I need it. Don't get cute. Don't get cute. This is a really good. This is one of those Creighton teams that. You like, I don't know how you fill out your bracket. 
But how I do it is I sit down and I look at the bracket and I say, these are the eight teams that I think can win a national championship. And Creighton was one of them. And, you know, oh. say what you want about Creighton, Omaha, every, everything you want. I think this is a good team. I think that they're going to give Alabama all they want and a little bit more. Like, Brandon Miller has to play well, and he has not played well to thus part in the tournament. Maybe that speaks to Alabama and how good they really are. That yeah. they're, they've looked the most impressive out of, like, the kind of expected favorites. Like, I think Kansas State's been a surprise. But I don't know, man. Just out of the presumptive favorites, they've looked the best. Creighton and they've done the... it with Brandon Miller playing poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Creighton is the heavy favorite tonight. Yeah. Um, according to five thirty eight, which is they have like their own model where they predict how the games are going to go, who's going to re- reach what round. Sure. I kind of just look at it just to see what it what it says. Yeah, yeah. Just five thirty eight is kind of a interesting website. Like the way that they they're yeah. very like statistically oriented with everything. So like yeah. they predict like elections, things like that. Like I, I just like to look at it cause I don't know, like numbers and like to see how they run their, for sure. Um, their algorithms and they have Creighton at an 83% chance to make the elite eight. Yeah. Uh, they have Bama at a 76% chance. Okay. Houston, 79%, Texas, 70%, which would leave SDSU 24 Miami twenty one, Xavier thirty, and Princeton seventeen percent. So I mean, I and let me tell you, this model has been spot on. Yeah. Because last night they had Michigan State, K State at a fifty percent clip, fifty percent of they could both teams could reach the elite eight at fifty percent. So they thought that game could go either way, mm-hmm. and that's literally how it went. And then with the Zags and UCLA game, yeah. They were 50% as well. And we watched that game. At one point, when you go to like the ESPN like yeah. tracker, That's you know? That's the best thing yeah, in the world. It's like 99% Zags are going to win. Yep. Or UCLA is going to win yep. right out of half. 99% chance that Zags are going to win with, what is it, three minutes to go up by 10. Yeah. And or then, two uh, minutes. And it, then... Hell, even go 40 seconds up by four. Then 40, yeah. And then there's 20... Or, 12 seconds to go, UCLA, 96% chance to win. Like, there was multiple 90% chances. And, like, this, uh, like, 538s, um, it just shows you how, like, accurate they're, so to say. I mean, I don't know how accurate it can be. But through these, like, nitty-gritty games, like, when they put 50-50, it's 50-50. For sure. They mean it. <laughs> the one that stands out to me is, is when I pull up Ken Palm is – is Alabama's the two in Ken Palm right now. So one, two, three is is Houston, Alabama, UConn. Then UCLA just got bumped, but then Texas, Gonzaga, five and six. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly, I think everybody at this point is willing to admit that Ken Palm is yeah, a, yeah. as good as it gets. San Diego State sits at 14 below Creighton and right above Xavier. So I think I think there's still good teams sitting there. And, and and that matchup gets interesting to me. The, the number I always like on Ken Palm is the adjusted defensive rankings. Yeah. And Alabama sits third on adjusted defensive rankings um, at 88.1, right? And then uh, you turn around and look at San Diego State, and they're six. I think it's going to be a rock fight. Yeah. I think this is, this is going to be— I was telling you before this, I feel like there's two games that are going to be really close or mm-hmm. really a blowout, and it's Bama, San Diego State. Yeah. Or 
Houston, Miami. And I I will swear by Houston, Miami is either going to be a one possession game going two minutes into the game, mm-hmm. two minutes left in the game, or Houston's going to pull away with about eight minutes left in the game. They're going to be up like 13, 14, and Miami's going to have to chase. Sure. I feel the same way about Bama. I feel that Bama can fall behind, mm-hmm. but it's going to be... It, here's the problem with Bama. Young teams in the tournament are young. Yeah, That experience is everything, and Bama is young. Brandon Miller's young. Brandon Miller's got a lot of media on his he's tail. Got, yeah, I mean... Like, he's got a lot going on, so his... It doesn't matter, though. Dude's a shooter. Mm-hmm. He's like that. Like, no pun intended. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, you better clear that up. No, I think it's interesting. The other thing that... Like, I know... The, the thing that also concerns me about Alabama, and not a lot concerns me about Alabama, but the longer this tournament goes on... Mm-hmm the more spotlight gets turned to that team. And Nate Oates has proven um, more than anything that he doesn't really know how to handle that at all. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really bumbled this whole situation. So here, okay. I'll ask you a question. So who are your final four with the teams that are left? We obviously know who advances, but yep. prior to tonight. So, so my final four going into making my bracket was Alabama, Memphis, Texas, and Connecticut. So – Based on what I see now, it's still Alabama, mm-hmm. um, Kansas State. I think that they're the hottest team in the country. Uh, Texas and still Connecticut. Texas is interesting. I like this this game against Xavier is interesting in the it's fact. It's a weird matchup for both yeah, teams. It is. And the guard play from Texas is pretty uh, dominant, I'd say. I like Soli Boom or Baum. Yeah. I don't want to say the kid's name. Dude's a dog, but. Yeah. The Xavier, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird setup, and I don't I don't know how to. What scares me is it. Sean Miller's tournament experience is mm-hmm. something that screams in the back of my head, and it it scares me in that respect. Xavier's not a good defensive team on Ken Palm. They're mm-hmm. sitting at sixty two. No, yeah, they're not great. Yeah. It, but Sean Miller has kind of reinvented himself as this like offensive genius. Yeah. And that's interesting. Texas sits at ten. Texas is one of the best defensive teams in the country. They consistently Yeah, have they're them. they're always good at defense. And they play I'm telling you, big Big Twelve's like that. Like, I know. I don't only Big Twelve fraudulent team this year, which was absolutely fraudulent the entire year, was Baylor. Yeah, and that shit pissed me off because they had a big three that should have won a national championship, but they absolutely didn't because they are Frogs. fraudulent. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But uh, gosh, this Miami Houston game jumps off. My final four yeah, is please. similar to yours: Bama, Texas, UConn. I had Tennessee. I mean, like, I feel the same way. I think that first off. FAU shouldn't even be where they're at. I'm going to say it blatantly. The refs gave them that game against Memphis. It, it was bad. And that's not even me being, like, pissed off about my bracket. Like, bro, it, I, have the enti- call. I have the entire Midwest and West, right? Like, I, I don't really care about my bracket yeah. at this point. I'm pretty locked in. Yeah. Um, but I still, like, that was a terrible way for Memphis's season to end and for FAU to get the win because mm-hmm. it was just so it was just so sorry. Yeah. I mean I I think that Tennessee if they get Memphis, I think that they struggle, but I think it's a better matchup for them. Yeah. Just because 
FAU is such a, they're a powerhouse of an offense. They can shoot from anywhere. They are, and they got a Zach Eady sized character. Like it's, yeah, they just the, match the up Russian, well. yeah. the Russian feller. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an interesting cat. Yeah, he's. I mean, I've I watch a little FAU basketball because you know one of my favorite games to watch is like FAU FIU. Yeah, it it's like, like an electric factory. It is an electric factory. Like the fans are into it. Like. Yeah. They score about 95 points each every time they play. I swear sure. it's like something unreal. It's like watching a circus. Like there's just it's back and forth, back and forth, threes, 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 more threes. It's you know, <laughs> it's just fun to watch. Like sure. it's exciting. So I like to watch FAU and I thought they were good. I didn't think they were this good. They they definitely the the Tennessee game was the first time that I've gone. Oh. Like yeah. they made me go. But I told you Tennessee's oh. a team that they get behind and they can't. They're very Virginia like. They play they good are. defense, play a slow paced game. Slow paced teams, when they get behind, they can't catch up. Yeah, and, and I agree. And unless not, they really get like the turnover margins uh, plus 10 in their favor. Sure. What stood out to me too is like, I, I didn't think, I thought Tennessee was closer to the Creighton level of seed than they were a, a four seed. So I, I didn't I felt that they were uh four or five. I felt they were seeded properly. I, I don't Especially know. for their region. They just they I've just been unimpressed with Tennessee all year and they're banged up. And I just hate Rick Barnes. So that that factors into it a little bit. I I uh I just that was the first time that FIU FAU made me now you're screwing me up that made me go, okay, maybe. But I, I just think they're gonna get ran out the gym by K State. I just and yeah. maybe this is the letdown game for K State. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how everything goes. I think that so for tonight, we'll just run through who we think will win tonight. Personally, yep. I'm gonna go Miami. I'm gonna go Texas. Uh, Miami is because I feel like if Houston lets them hang around, they're gonna win. Yeah, and I think trust me, I think Houston's the better team. Yeah, athletically, coached. I'm I'm not gonna say coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jim Larinaga, oh my gosh. Larinaga. Yeah, I can't even say dude's name. Yeah. Um, I think that he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong, he's been around for forever. For sure. But I just feel that Houston's been consistently good where Miami's kind of gone through like a wavy. The, yeah, they wave. Yeah, they're up, they're down. They two years, bad a year, yeah. good two, you know. Yeah. So I feel that Houston's a better team, but Miami could get the best. I yep. feel that Texas has an interesting matchup. We'll see how they, um, we'll see how they, they play it. It'll mm-hmm. be an interesting game. It could be a blow. I honestly don't know how this game could go. It could be a blowout in the first half, honestly, for Texas. Or it could be Xavier shocks everybody, for comes sure. out firing. Like, I don't know how that game goes. I, I like Texas to win, Yeah, obviously. Um, the other games would be, uh, let me look here. Who am I looking for? Yeah. Um, I think that Alabama clearly gets the dub, but gosh, San Diego State's defense is scary. And I'm riding Princeton, baby. Princeton for the win. Uh, everybody likes a good Cinderella. I don't know if we've ever have we seen a um, a 15 in the Elite Eight ever. St. Peter's made it to the Final Four last year. Did they? I think so. All the way to the Final Four. You bet, Doug. <laughs> Doug Eaton, baby. Um, Doug Eater, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I I have uh, chalk tonight. I, I'm gonna go chalk. Uh, I I like Alabama. I like Creighton. Um, I like Houston. 
Um, I don't know if I love Houston. Um, Houston's the team that I'm, I'm flippy-floppy on, and, and I like Texas over Xavier. I think it's a better matchup for Texas than it is a good matchup for Xavier. If that makes they were sense. the first team to advance to the Elite Eight. There you go. Okay. So, I mean, we're basically... Yeah, and, and that's the part that scares me about Princeton is these Cinderella stories are fun until they get blown out by 25 points, and that's the danger. Absolutely, but, I mean... Why not? At the end of the day, baby. Why we not? love Princeton. Yeah. Let's see them angles get put to work, boys. Keep oh, the, yeah. Keep them trays raining. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with a little Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, let's see Let's see how that geometry do. Yeah. <laughs> what that geometry do. <laughs> Keep talking about trajectory? Yeah. Motherfuckers know everything about trajectory. <laughs> All right. We'll transition out of basketball. We'll hit the uh, hit the, the. There was big news while we were on our uh, our break. I think you've cooled off now to where we can have a real conversation. Yeah, about I wasn't this. happy at first. Okay. I was really, I was kind of pissed off. Okay. I, Here, I mean, a lot of people are like, like when I was texting all my buddies, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you see what you got?" I was like, "I think we should just say I got the number one overall pick is traded to the Carolina Panthers." Yeah. Yeah. Which. I mean, I okay. It's certainly a fleece yeah. if you like DJ Moore, and I know there's a lot of people that are high on DJ Moore. Yep. I wasn't high on DJ Moore originally because his character, um, the way he handled himself on and I'm not gonna say off field. I don't know how he handled himself off the field, but there's one moment that sticks in my head with him, and it's him throwing his helmet right before winning a game. Gets a 15 yard penalty, kicker misses it. Now you're in overtime, you lose the game. Sure. Like, those are things that are just inexcusable, and that just shows bad character. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like he's a uh, – he's a, I, I like him as a wide receiver. He's good. He's young. It was good value for him. I mean, the Green Bay Packers offered a first round for him last year at the trade deadline, and yep. guess what? Uh, didn't get him. So if you look at it in that value sense, then – we basically got three first rounders mm-hmm. out of it, uh, two second rounders, which is pretty damn good yeah, value. Yeah, really I mean, we haul. got a we got a pretty good player who's on a pretty good contract. Like, yeah. and we still have a lot of money to spend. So if we look to extend them right now, which I don't think they'll do, I don't think they will. I think either. that if they look to, because here's the thing: they're either the Bears have one of two options: they either extend someone and front load their contract, or because we still have like forty-five million, yeah, to spend, which is pretty impressive. We either front load a contract or we go and make another big splash, which I don't know what you would consider a big splash. Say, I don't know at what this splashes point. are left, but yeah, I I think that that's uh, that's that's money. That the move saving. back is pretty good though. I like yeah. where we sit now. I think it's a good spot. What stands out to me when I look at it, I think DJ Moore definitely came in as a young punk kid. I think he's kind of. Figuring it I think out he didn't like more. Carolina. I mean, the dude no. went through a uh, quarterback circus there. So that's certainly part of probably his, yeah, what I would call his, I don't know. Frustration. Frustrations and issues yeah. that he was having that I, that didn't make him as appealing yeah. for me. But, I mean, now that I see him, like the way he's interacted with Bear, like the Chicago Bears media, he's certainly been like, Entirely on board, like Justin Fields, excited to roll, which yeah. is good. What's impressed me is that he started the season really poorly. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, he was a hot pick in fantasy. 
uh, he was a guy that was expected to produce really well. He, he's been a thousand yard receiver for two seasons prior to that. Yeah, and it just it wasn't happening. And kind of the end of the season, DJ Moore came back. He yeah. started to figure it out, and I think that speaks to a young kid's character, uh, or you know, maybe in maybe not character is the right word, but he's got a little grit to him. And, and I think that that's something that spoke to him and, and made me feel better about it. To me, what stands out, and and then it's an argument I will make a hundred times out of a hundred is mm-hmm. I would always rather have DJ Moore yeah. than the third first-round pick because when I take that pick, I'm trying to get DJ Moore. I'm not trying yeah. to – right? Like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And that's I mean, that's kind of my whole thing is that, that that pick's a gamble. So if I can get a young, established player like DJ Moore, awesome. Yeah, and I mean I think that the Bears have built their core fairly well. Yeah. We've done them. I like our free agency. Some people are like, oh – why don't we go and get a big name tackle? Why don't we? First off, the tackle market was so overpriced this year. You better be very careful where you tread next. Mike McGlinchey was overpaid. Do you know how much we're paying him this year? I uh, don't care. He was overpaid. Do you know how much we're paying him? Overpaid. Is is six million dollars too overpaid. much? Overpaid. That's that's too much. Yeah. That okay for one year? You guys gonna cut him after this year? His guaranteed money is still fairly. It's there. Well, yeah, we just wrote him a check out of the owner's pocket. Yeah. And we got that Walmart money. <laughs> not not I mean, that refing youth soccer money yeah. that y'all got. <laughs> uh, don't care. Uh, <laughs> the Bears know how to – we finally have a guy that knows – Ryan Poles knows how to manage money and how to manage it well. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell. I mean, he's not rushing to extend players. He's not rushing. Like, Dave Montgomery, what do you, should we have brought him back? Yeah, but, I mean – the Lions can take him. He's nothing. Like Khalil Herbert's better than David Montgomery. I, and I think, and we this, got Dante Foreman for cheap. This is also a stacked draft class. Like you could take Charbonnet or you know. Yeah, you got a line. late. You got yeah. There's a lot of late backs that you can probably get a good snag on. I mean, hell, even Bijan Robinson, you can probably I, snag. I don't think the Bears are going to say. Take I don't him. think you guys are. To me, uh, a running back in the first round is a luxury pick, and yeah, you guys aren't luxury yet. Oh, we'll be luxury. In about three years. Yeah, yeah. I already ordered the Super Bowl tickets for 2027. Let's get the tattoo. <laughs> i getting it right on my butt cheek. Let's go. If the, um, I'll make you a deal. If the Bears make the playoffs this year, you get a tattoo. The Super Bowl champions 2027. <laughs> There's no shot. No. I want the Bears. First off, I'm not getting a Bears tattoo. I oh. love my team, but Boo hiss. not a huge tattoo guy at the moment. Just at the moment? Just at the moment, especially considering that. I would basically be gambling on the Bears, and that's like the most horrendous idea ever. Like I'm betting my body on the Bears. Have I ever told you the Brady Crawford haircut story? No. Okay. So my sophomore year, Brady Crawford's freshman year, you would have been a senior in high school, junior in high school. So we get back from winter break, and Green Bay is playing the Bears on like the – Game yeah. of the week, Fox game. Yeah. And Cal's a Green Bay's Green Bay Packers fan. Him and I were living together, and Brady came over to watch the game. And game kicks off, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, Cal likes to antagonize Brady. All the time. All the time. And it, it, it's always been that way. And Cal says to him, hey, uh, you know, you want to make a bet that the, the Bears win. <laughs> and Brady goes, yeah, I'll shave my head if the Bears don't win. <laughs> and, and, Horrendous idea. And, and Cal goes, deal, done, easy. 
<laughs> so yeah, game ends and the Bears lost by like forty. It was, I mean, it was one of the bad games. Yeah, and uh, and we. Cal and I don't have hair clippers, like like design hair yeah. clippers. We just have beard clippers because we both have beards. So either way, it's gonna get bad. So we both so we bring out the beard clippers, and he goes, "What are you guys? Why why are you guys doing that?" We're like, "Well, because you lost the bet." And he goes, "No, no, no! I bet that Green Bay was gonna win." And so he tried to like trick us into thinking that he bet the other side of the bet. And we're like, "That's the dumbest thing you ever said in your life, Brady." How uh, know. And we ended up uh, shaving his head with beard clippers. And Brady at that time had, you know, longer hair. Yeah. And most of it just got yanked out of his head, I'm fairly confident. The <laughs> kid, like, refuses to get a buzz cut now because it traumatized him. <laughs> that's just, funny. But, I mean, yeah. See, that's exactly my point. I'll never put my body on the line for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, don't, don't bet a haircut. Or a tattoo. Yeah. That's just uh, but Bears, uh, Super Bowl 2027 incoming. Yeah. Um, Defensively, we got a lot better, though. Is that like the White Sox 2025 World Series that I was hearing about, too, for a while? That's still in the works. I mean, it's possible. Okay. I mean, it's certainly possible. That was like a Sports Illustrated cover. was like... Yeah, well... White Sox-Cubs World Series 2023, yeah, something like and that. and then the Cubs decided to sell the entire franchise, basically. Well, that's because Tom Ricketts is developing the area. Come on. He's a goofball, Jamal. He is. He's... He is. He's he is. like Virginia McCaskey. Sell the team. Uh, actually, he shouldn't sell the team. He should not sell the team. He's, because he he's is, actually pretty good at what he, he does. He just uh, he just sunk too much money in at one time. We, yeah. yeah. We, we need a new accountant, somebody that can do some cash flow sheets for us. That'll help. That's exactly what Ryan Poles knows how to do, and that's why I love Mr. Poles. Yeah. Mr. Poles, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> oh, on, on oh, that, oh, boy. On that note, um, no, but linebacker signings were really good. Yeah. I, People are saying that we overpaid. I don't think we overpaid. I mean, both the bigger names we got were pretty solid players. I'm trying to think. We just signed another linebacker yesterday. Here's the thing. The Bears like to inherit, like, other teams all at once. Mm-hmm. Like, we got P.J. Walker, D.J. Moore, yeah. Dante Foreman. All within the span of a week. Well, I was going to say this earlier. I would have much rather traded for Brian Burns and DJ Moore instead of getting three first-round picks. But yeah. uh, right. But imagine uh, uh, imagine that little fun thing if you would have gotten PJ Walker, Brian Burns, Deontay Foreman, and yeah, like that's just like <laughs> awful though. DJ Moore trading for the Carolina Panthers yeah. entire team. Yeah. Um, I, I would hope you trade for like maybe the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, anyways. But, yeah, I feel like the Bears did well. Uh, makes the draft a hell of a lot more exciting. Sure. Uh, can't wait to see because second-round picks are so valuable. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what they do with them picks. I think that we are uh, certainly a, we're, we're, we're setting up ourselves to be successful. For sure. I, and I, that's something that the Chicago Bears franchise has not seen in forever. We had Ryan Pace who would overpay for everything, even a Kit Kat bar from the gas station. Yeah, that, that man was that man was a fan of Lori Lightfoot's tax plans. Yeah, like he yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm happy about it after I had a little time to think and settle on it. Um I mean, now there's all these talks saying that the Bears could have traded for the second. Uh all that who cares? I yeah. mean, you 
at the end of the day, you got a young wide receiver. Gives Justin Fields no more excuses because yep. he literally he has a legit receiving core now. He does. And, like Darnell Mooney's legit slot. DJ Moore's legit all around, and Chase Claypool's a good big big target. Yep. So he doesn't really have many excuses. The backfield is still pretty good. Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman are are a good one two punch. Absolutely. Um, tight end Cole Komet's pretty raw. Yep. One he wants to be. Yeah, sure. Um, o line, young uh, left tackle Braxton Jones is still fine where he's at. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins uh, at guard still fine where he's at. Uh, we'll see who we put at center. That's a question mark. Um, the other tackle we got, or the other guard we got, solid. The right tackle we got that we don't got, I should say, well, we will have in the draft. Hopefully, Paradis Johnson. Everyone's his his uh, pro day was looking pretty juicy. Did you see him? Look I, up the, on Twitter I, right now I, I his did. kick step thing. I did. I that just, was crazy. I just and that's here's the thing. I can't get the Aiden Hutchinson game out of my mind. <laughs> here's the thing: is the Orlando so. Ryan Poles has made it very clear that he wants a certain body type at tackle and whatnot. The Bears don't I don't think the Bears have anyone over I forgot what the number was. It's like three hundred and twenty pounds. Sure. On our own line. He wants fast, quick, like not slender, but when you're six nine, three hundred and fifteen pounds, you tend to be a like you're not obese, you know? For sure. Like you're a good slender athletic type and that's what ryan poles is looking for defensively i like our secondary i'd like to get a corner in the draft Mm -hmm. um kyler gordon's kind of eh he should be either straight slot something like that sure linebacker room is great need a little more depth we can find that in the seventh round or so uh d tackle d ends we need help up front but our back seven set our offense pretty sucked. I mean, I think that we now some people might say I'm batshit crazy, but I would argue that we're probably the best team in the division after Aaron Rodgers is gone. Really? I would say that there's an argument for it. I mean, it's the Lions and the Bears. I would think I think the Lions are a better team, but but I'm saying like there's certainly there's an we could compete. Yes. Like it's going to be a competitive. You guys will split the series. Division. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's going to come down to basically the schedule and yeah I think, I think that the bears could certainly win the division though they sh- they could i just think you guys need the year where you you're a good team you're not a great team yet you i mean i'd put us at, a little bit i'm gonna say we're 10 and 7 i th- I, th- I think that's where the lions are gonna sit to 11 and 6 10 and 7 i think you guys are close to an eight win team but yeah i i think you're right you're not far off I know the NFC is wide open. So. Well, I mean Minnesota's dog ass. Yeah, ended it there. Yeah, the Vikings suck. Yes, they uh, do. And goodbye, Aaron Rodgers. Once that is a fit, okay, is that going to happen? It's going to happen. Uh, but when? Like, come on! I've been seeing for the past two weeks, every single day that, hey, uh, it's basically finalized, but terms aren't agreed to. Well, how is it final? Basically finalized, but terms aren't agreed. We're just all waiting for it to be pushed. So what's going to happen is is they are either going to agree to the terms, or Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. It's a very, yeah. very one two. Like the the bad man is gone. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, They've gone behind the curtain now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. once once that once the bad man, I was going to say another 
name for him. Hitler, I said it. Once the Hitler lookalike. <laughs> Let's go back. Anti-Nazi podcast. Yeah. Once the Hitler lookalike is out of the NFC North. Jesus Christ. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be great. Because I will finally be freed wow. from everything. I can't wait for it, though. Like, I just can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to be gone. Well, on that note, I think we'll... Uh... Minnesota Vikings suck. Uh, the end. Yeah. To hell with you, Bachman. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>